Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, thank you for this morning. We thank you for the prayers and praises of our people. Oh, we're reminded of the, the things going in and on, on around in our life. And we ask, Lord, that you continue to work. We see your hand in our life, sometimes more, sometimes less, and yet we know you continue to work behind the scenes. Thank you for your love and your care. May we open our hearts and our ears to hear you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Fourth grade and up, stay in church. (laughs) I'm reading it as you're reading it. If you're in fourth grade, it looks like all you guys must have made it through fourth grade. Good job. It's amazing. It's a Christmas miracle. What a glorious day. <laughs> I made it through fourth grade too, so I didn't get to go. Bummer. I think that's a, a new thing that we're doing on Communion Sunday only, I think is what it is. So we're getting some practice being in here. Sounds like fun. So good morning. So we're on chapter 3 of Esther, and if you don't know, we're reading a chapter of Esther every week. Um, if you don't read it, I'm going to read it to you on Sunday morning, but I, my hope is that you get a chance to read it, to get into it, to ask some questions, um, to, to think about what's going on in the book of Esther. Who got to read it this week? Hey, that's good, that's good, that's good. That's, I'm glad. I want to encourage you to keep reading, to keep being involved in the story, right? We, we've talked about God's providence, and I want to talk about God's providence, and I'm going to bring this up every week because God's providence is his constant care for and his absolute rule over all of his creation for his own glory and the good of his people. Now, I want to ask this question because I asked this last week, and it was crickets. But then I talked to people during the week. And they're like, well, I saw God's providence in this, and I saw God's providence in that. And I saw, and so I heard that multiple times. I want to know if you're looking for God's providence. And if you are looking for God's providence in your life, have you seen it? Have you seen God's providence in your life this week? I won't ask for you to share the story, but rather just to maybe just to share with your hand hey, I saw God's providence in my life. This week, right? Right? We saw God's hand. Amanda just shared with us God's providence in a situation, a real situation that she's been dealing with for a long time. That's just one of many examples. God's working in and around. And today we're on chapter three, and I feel like maybe chapter three we should have started with some suspenseful music. You know, it would have been, you know, like, you know, like when you're at, uh, in a movie and things are about to get sketchy and you're right on the edge of the seat and you're, you're about to fall off the chair because you know something big's going to happen, right? Somebody's coming out behind that door. Something's going to happen. Enter the bad guy, right? 
Enter Haman, the bad guy in our story. That's what's going on. The character list in this story is, is continuing to grow. And we we've have Xerxes and Vashti, the king and queen, or the disposed queen at this point. Mordecai and Esther, the Jews, that uh, the uncle and the, uh, the niece or cousin, uh, Hadassah or Esther. And now we add Haman, the bad guy. And so it feels like we need some of that like, dark music to help us understand what's going on, to help us see where we're headed. And it is kind of weird. It's a little bit choppy until you realize that the story is set up to, to bring in all these people, to introduce the players in the, in the uh, story. And that there's a chunk of time between them. So it doesn't happen like one week we meet one, then the next week. No, we remember we had four years between when Vashti was deposed and Esther became queen. There's a chunk of time. And now we're 12 years in. So there's another chunk of time. The story doesn't happen uh, instantly like we would like to think. But we have this guy, Haman, who shows up on the scene and and the king likes him, does he not? He likes him better than he likes everybody else. And so he wants to honor him. Says he's higher than all the other nobles. So much so that the common folk are supposed to bow down to our buddy Haman, the man. And we get a sense even in early on this, and of course Haman is a part of the whole story coming going forward. We get a real sense that Haman's maybe a bit arrogant. Maybe he really does like this position the king has put him in. Really, if we're honest, he's pretty much second in command. And so everywhere he goes, people bow before him. Wherever he goes, someone's bowing. And he doesn't even notice Mordecai. Mordecai's not even on the pit. He's not in the picture until other people recognize, hey, this guy's not bowing, right? Everybody else, they're bowing, but this guy, he's not bowing. What's wrong with this guy? Is his knee hurt? Is he broken? What's wrong? Can he bend over? What, what's the problem here? And we quickly figure out that Mordecai's reminded that he's a Jew. And Mordecai has come to the point where he's not going to bow because this is not his king. This is not his God. And he's not going to bow to Haman. And of course, it doesn't take long to figure out that Haman is not real impressed with that plan, right? But I want you to think for a minute, if you were asked to bow for something, someone, something you didn't believe in, would you be willing and able to stand up? Let me make it a little more clear. If the government decided that we were going to worship Buddha, who cares? doesn't matter what it is, right? And then everybody's going to have to do that. And you made a decision not to do that as a believer in Christ, as a Christian. Would you, could you be willing to stand up? 
for your faith. Man, it got quick in a hurry, didn't it? Did you guys hear that? It got quite, pretty quiet in here in a hurry. Would you be willing to stand up? Now, I believe that there would be a good chunk of us that would be willing to stand up. But it is pause to reflect. Are you willing to go against the grain? Are you willing to go against public policy, against the common good, as you might think that would be? Are you willing to stand up for who you are in Christ? See, God provides for Mordecai an opportunity. He gives him the strength to stand up. Verse uh, 2 of chapter 3, it says, The king ordered all the officials in service to show their respect for Haman by kneeling and bowing to him. And they did so, except for Mordecai, who refused to do it. God made a way for Mordecai. He made a way for, for Mordecai to grow his faith, to be strengthened in his faith. He provided an opportunity for Mordecai to stand up. And wonder how often God provides an opportunity for us believers in Christ, to stand up for our faith. How often God puts someone in our path who needs to hear the gospel message, who needs to hear our testimony, who needs to know that our God is big enough to fix the problems of our life. That our God has given us a way out. Even when we can't see the end, we don't know how it works. Our God is big enough, strong enough, and powerful enough to take away the sins we have created. I wonder how often in our lives, in, even in our houses, uh, in our places of work, in the opportunities at Walmart, wherever you might be, how often are we given opportunity to share our faith in Jesus Christ? It's not only my responsibility. I'll take it. You pay me to do it, right? But it's not only my responsibility. It's not only my responsibility. We were in Perkins on Friday and we have a waitress that when we go there, we've gotten to know, and my wife is better at talking to people than I. And she just, she prays for this lady, or prayed, prayed for this lady's mom, actually. And I had forgotten, honestly. We're, talk, we're there, and we, so we just said, hey, how you doing? You know, how is your life going? And my wife says, how is your mom? It was that simple, you know? It was five words. And I didn't remember that her mom had cancer, but my wife remembered that. And my wife's been praying for this lady. And I have never seen someone so disarmed so quickly and open up instantly about her life when she realized that someone else, give a rip, 
She went on to tell us that she had just taken a trip with her mom. They went to Graceland, and there was 27 of their family members that went on this trip. And she goes on and on, and we're like probably like three or four minutes in. We still haven't ordered, and I'm getting hungry. (laughs) I have never seen someone light up so quickly when someone else understood where they were. We could have just left it go. My wife could have left it go, but she didn't. I had forgotten, quite honestly. She didn't. And I asked myself this question. When I have the opportunity to stand up and be counted for my faith, am I willing to step out where God has made a path? Or am I going to chicken out and ask for forgiveness? Mordecai stood up. God provided a way for him to stand up uh, in his faith. And he stood up. I'm convinced that our timing is not God's timing. I'm convinced that we'd wait 10 more years to stand up if given the opportunity. God puts out in front of us opportunities, one after another, after another, after another, to share His goodness, to share the difference He makes. God has perfect timing. Perfect timing. Mordecai needed to stand up for his faith. Now we're going to watch how that works out in this story, right? It's a pretty interesting piece to the story because it does start this, triggers this uh, situation. God's timing is not our timing, and I think sometimes we need to be reminded that we need to rest in God's timing. I don't know about you, but I wonder how often we feel that maybe we're just sitting on the bench waiting. Waiting for an opportunity. Waiting for the opportunity to God, for God to be working in our life. And I want to encourage you that God is already working in your life. He's already giving you the opportunity to stand up. What he's asking you to do is take the baby steps. You're not going to get to play the basketball game until you can dribble the ball. That's a given. You're not going to be able to get to play the basketball game unless you can run from one end to the other, even when you can't breathe. That's just the reality. Stand up when you're given the opportunity to stand up for your faith, even when it's baby steps. Even in the midst of your family that may mock you, that may challenge you, that may question whether your faith is real or not. You don't have to be in their face, but stand up for your faith. Stand up. God will provide an opportunity for you to grow and be strengthened. And it's not only about standing up. It's about standing up Because God will use that in your life. He will give you the resolve to continue to move forward, to grow in your faith and be strengthened. He doesn't ask us to stand up to make fun of us. He asks us to stand up so that we will grow from that, that we will learn from that. It doesn't have to be in your face. 
But it needs to be that we stand up. We stand up for our faith. God provides an opportunity in this passage to trust. You think it was a challenge for uh, Mordecai to stand up? Think it would have been easier just to, to kneel and bow and be done with it? I think it would have been. But I don't think he could have lived with himself. There was an opportunity to trust when he found out what was going to happen. Was it not? He said, I stood up, did what I was supposed to do, and now the king is going to kill us all. He's going to take us out. The Jews are going to be demolished, annihilated, the scripture says. It says that the letter was sent to destroy, kill, and annihilate the Jews, young and old, women and children, in one day, and to plunder their goods. It was a done deal. It was a done deal. The king had given the ring to Haman. They wrote, the, they wrote the new law, and they were going to follow through with it. It was a done deal. You ever been in those spots where it's a done deal, and there's no way to get out of it? There's no uh, backing up. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And that's an opportunity, opportunity for us to trust. An opportunity for us to trust that God will follow through with with his promises, even in the hard times. Even in the hard times. When things aren't going right, that's where providence kicks in. It's understanding that God is working behind the scenes. He's already got it figured out. The timeline is already set. We can drop in on the timeline, and, and, and maybe it isn't solved here, but maybe God's got it figured out over here. There are a lot of times when that's hard for us because we can't see out a week. Can't see out a day, right? But a week or a month or even a year or 10 years, we can't understand. And so we have to trust that God has a plan for our lives. We have to trust that his providence is working ultimately in behind, our, behind the scenes and that he's He's putting the pieces together. The one thing I've noticed in the hard times is this. The hard times reminds us to not look too far forward. The hard times remind us that I need to focus on today and I need to let God take care of tomorrow. The hard times remind us that God really is in control and that we need to trust Him. The countdown timer of praise you in the storm is a great reminder that even when things aren't good, that we will praise Him and that He is working behind the scenes. a chance for us to trust God. Mordecai's life would be on the line 
rather quickly. Wouldn't take, and just a spoiler alert to next week, read chapter four, it's great. It's probably the best chapter. Maybe not the best, but it's, it's a good one. But there's a spoiler alert in there. When you read chapter four, think about Esther and where she's at. If she doesn't tell the king that she's a Jew, she survives. Right? got a way better chance of living than the other Jews at that time but she's the queen she puts herself in a very precarious spot will you trust that God has it all figured out Isaiah 40 31 says for those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up on wings like eagles and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. What a great reminder for us to hold tight to God in the hard times. It's all about our faith. Did you ever hear where the rubber meets the road? Where the the tire tracks are, right? That's where we actually where it actually makes traction and we go. Faith. Our faith walk is important. It's important as we watch God work in our own life. And finally, God provides in a way out. As we look at the end of this chapter, we realize that the dynamite has been triggered. That the countdown is going. Oh, and just, just, to, uh, just so you know that March 16th was the 13th day of Adar this year, so it would have already happened. We missed it. The dynamite is already set. What are we going to do with the dynamite? What are we going to do with this law that's going to take out all the Jews? We realize that Haman and... Uh, and Mordecai are just over having some, uh, having, it says they're, they sat down to drink. It seems to me that Xerxes, no, no, I said Mordecai, I meant Xerxes. Xerxes liked to drink. And him and Haman were going to sit down and have a drink. I wonder sometimes if we struggle to find the way out. That if things feel overwhelmed, overwhelming and too big. The wall is too high for us. And all too often, we're not willing to take our struggles and our trials and our problems to Jesus. We, we want God to fix them, but we're not willing to take them. We feel overwhelmed, but we're not willing to offer them up. We talk about offering them up, but I'm saying offer them up. Put them in front of God Himself. Take them to Jesus and lay them at His feet. And I think sometimes it takes us to our very core, the very heart of where we're at when we finally do that. All too often we talk about it, we talk about wanting to do it, but we're not really willing to go there. I think we have to get past ourselves in order to take 
that to God. Sometimes we feel tempted and we struggle. And we think, obviously, God is not for me. He must be against me. I want to remind you of a scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. A way out. He's going to give you a way out. And we see in this this book of Esther, there's going to be a way out. And we're about to see that next week. Esther will have an opportunity to create a way out for God's people. And she has some really pretty cool words. I'm not sure they're words I could say. She says, if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. Some really good, couple powerful verses in chapter 4. Don't miss it. Don't, don't forget to read it. God will provide a way out. I want to leave you with Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. And he will establish your plans. I think there's a lot of value in this this one verse, in this way. All too often, we commit to the Lord our plans and ask him to do them. And I think that's where we miss the boat. We need to commit to do whatever God's plans are not commit God to whatever plans we have. My challenge for you this morning is to give up on yourself and give in to God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for chapter 3. Thank you for Esther and for Haman. Lord, we, uh, we pray even now as we watch this story uh, unfold. We recognize, Lord, there are things in this world that we don't control. Lots of things that we don't control. And yet, Lord, we know you are working in and around us. Watch Mordecai stand up for his faith. And Lord, we ask ourselves, am I willing to stand up for my faith? Am I willing to share with others who I am? And Lord, we're we're reminded that you give us a chance to trust that your plan is working, which can be difficult. And Lord, we're reminded that there is a way out. The blood of Jesus, as we sat around the table, we were reminded this morning that the blood of Jesus offers us a way out. Lord, I pray for anyone this morning who hasn't made Jesus their number one. I pray that they would make that this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.